Everything you need to know in order to succeed in marriage. From practical advice to current events, this is the EXO Podcast. Now here's your host, Brent Evans. This is the EXO Podcast brought to you by Marriage Today. This is a podcast designed to help you thrive in life and in love. I am your host, Brent Evans. Happy New Year, everybody. Great to have everyone back with the podcast. And hey, we have a special guest today. Jimmy Evans is with us. Woo-hoo. One of my New Year's resolutions was to get better guest on the podcast. Congratulations. You're meeting my New Year's resolutions Thank right you. now. Family comes in handy every now and then. <laughs> you're a VIP. I'm, I'm very nice. happy you're here. So we have our EXO conference coming up February 9th and 10th. This is our biggest conference of the year. It's a gateway church in South Lake, Texas. We have uh, people come from all around the country, and yeah. they join us through simulcast from all around the world. But right, right now, we're talking about EXO Conference leading up to it. We have our guests uh, coming up on the podcast every week, but you are the headliner, the main deal go. at Founder, the conference. Inspiration, so you're kicking host. off the year. You're kicking off the podcast. Welcome. It's good to be here. I love your podcast, by the way. I, I listen to, I think I've listened to all of them. You do a fantastic job, very informative. Hey, you built this. I know. Well, it'd be, you're doing <laughs> You built great. the Marriage Today ministry, and you built this, so you've got to be go. proud of it. I'm very proud. I really oh. am. <laughs> yeah, we're, proud or disappointed? No, we went all proud. The EXO Marriage Conference is the largest marriage conference in the world. Mm-hmm. And last year, we had over 500 simulcast sites, mm-hmm. 50, 70,000 people, however many that represents, plus uh, Southlake Venue, Gateway Church Venue, all of the... Gateway campuses were full, about 6,000 people here in town live, plus all of our simulcast sites. So we want you to be a part mm-hmm. either here in Southlake or in one of our uh, simulcast venues. It's a big deal. I mean, mm-hmm. it really is. And uh, I, everywhere I go, pastors come up to me and they say, we did your simulcast last year. And I, and I always say, well, how did your people like it? And they said, they loved it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as a pastor for many years, I was a pastor for 30 years, it, when you're doing uh, the the conferences like the EXO conference, not only does it feed your own people, it gathers the community. Yeah. It's one of the greatest ways in the world to evangelize your mm-hmm. community. Marriage is the number one felt need in every community yeah. out there. So it's it's just a win-win deal. But what we do is rather than a church having to put a program together, mm-hmm. you just host it. Yes. And we put the program together. We come to you. Uh, you can come to the one here in South Lake if you live here locally, or even if you want to travel in. Uh, but it is a fantastic mm-hmm. opportunity on Valentine's weekend mm-hmm. to harness, you know, the desire that most couples have, and that is to do something for their marriage. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do better for your marriage than come to a conference. It's mm-hmm. good. Upcoming, we'll be talking about uh, New Year's resolutions, but also taking some questions from Facebook for you, okay. Mr. Jimmy Evans, VIP. Okay. He and, can take a hard question. Any question, he'll take it. If you're listening to this and not watching it, that's not Caitlin Edwards' voice. It's Ashley Greenwood, our senior director. She oversees the EXO conference. She's also a big deal. Wow, thank you. So you're going to preview the list of people speaking at the event Mm -hmm. coming up. And tell us a little bit more about the conference. We've got our biggest lineup ever for EXO this year. I was really looking Mm -hmm. at it, and it is so impressive. Uh, Just speaking to how many different marriage speakers there are out there, we've got some of the best ones. and. I really feel like it speaks to every different type of couple or marriage out there. Uh, So, of course, we've got Jimmy and Karen Evans. We've got Max Licato, Craig Groeschel, Miles McPherson, Jefferson Bethke, Dave and Ashley Willis, uh, Clayton and Ashley Hurst, George and Tondra Gregory, 
And then uh, Ryan and Selena Frederick. We also have Tim Ross joining mm -hmm. us as a speaker, which we're really excited for. He's been our MC since uh, we started EXO back in 2014. You know, he's a great MC. I mean, he's the world's best MC, but he is a fantastic mm -hmm. pastor. Yes. Uh, Embassy City Church uh, here in the Metroplex. And he, Karen listens to all of his mm -hmm. messages. And I love, I, I love hearing him speak too. He's great. Mm. Uh, people are going to be blown away. I'm so excited to have him. And he just loves you and the ministry yeah. and EXO. So he's so passionate. Well, it's a great lineup of speakers. Uh, I'll be up on Friday morning. We're going all, all day Friday mm -hmm. uh, in the day sessions. But I'll be up with Craig Rochelle Friday morning. Mm -hmm. And then we have speakers all that afternoon, the ones that you mentioned. Uh, Max Licato mm -hmm. uh, and I will be up. Uh, along with Miles McPherson, Miles McPherson mm -hmm. on Friday night. Mm -hmm. And then it'll be Jefferson Bethke, David Ashley Willis, mm -hmm. and me up on Saturday morning. Mm -hmm. And I'll also be speaking, by the way, at Gateway Church on that weekend on marriage. And that'll also be part of the simulcast. So I'll be at four times total for the weekend. We have all these other speakers. It's going to be a terrific lineup. Mm -hmm. You're going to need to have your vitamin C, lots of sleep, I'm drink my insurer, water. As Brent would say, <laughs> we need go ahead you. And go to Costco, get yourself a case of it. <laughs> we need you. You're speaking four times, but we've also got a lot of additional help. That yeah. uh, it's just going to be a jam-packed conference. That it's be great. Really it really enjoy. is the best conference we've we've done. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And people who come, they will leave transformed. It will be something that will impact your marriage. Not only that weekend, but for weeks and months to for come. For generations to come. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when you build your marriage, you build your children and the legacy of your family. And part of, the, part of what people need to think about, you know, Proverbs says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Mm -hmm. You don't do that by accident. You, you do that by deciding, I want to leave a legacy to my grandchildren. Mm -hmm. Well, the number one legacy I want to leave to your kids, Brent, and to uh, Abby and Elle, is Jesus. I want to uh, for them to know the Lord and serve the Lord. But the second legacy I want to leave them is marriage. Yeah. I want them to know because families build around marriages. Mm -hmm. You know, I want them to have a great family, but I want them to have the legacy of marriage. And you do that on purpose. You do that by saying, you know, something. When, when we're not getting along or when we're having troubles, this isn't just about me and you. This is about me, me and you and our kids and their kids for generations. Mm -hmm. So we, we want to leave them a blessing. And so the EXO Marriage Conference, we go to a lot of trouble. We love doing this. We love hosting this. But we go to a lot of trouble and expense to get the best speakers in the world. Mm -hmm. To put Gateway Church is fabulous. Mm -hmm. uh, they help us every year to put this conference on, and they do so much for us. But this is the premier marriage event in the world. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's a, and we... I'm a pastor, been pastor for 35 years, but we know church. We know what it's like to have someone come into our church, and so we want this to be the most church-friendly event you've ever had. And in having this event, if you are a church, now if you're an individual or a couple, you want to come mm -hmm. locally or to any venue uh, on our website, xomarriage.com, yeah. uh, you can find a, 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 a venue around the country, around the world, but here at Gateway, we'd love to have you. But if you're a pastor or a leader mm -hmm. and you're considering having this in your church, you'll love it. It, it will yeah. build your church. Uh, it will build the people in your church and also your community. Mm -hmm. One of the main questions we get about the conference is, if, if I'm single, can I come? You bet. Mm -hmm. What if my marriage is in crisis? Can I come? Absolutely. And engaged. Engaged. Mm -hmm. We welcome everybody to come because you can never mm -hmm. start too soon to That's learn right. about marriage. Mm -hmm. Even if you're engaged, 
thinking about getting married, it's a perfect time to start building that relationship. But if, if you're single, uh, maybe even recently, recently divorced, come mm-hmm. to the marriage conference. It will yeah. bless you. It will help you to uh, regroup and rebuild from where you are. But also if you're in crisis, mm-hmm. uh, it's amazing because whenever you walk through the, do- the doors, there's an anointing mm-hmm. at the exo conference that's yeah. different than everything else. We pray very hard before every conference, every single conference, that there would be a spirit of healing there, reconciliation, mm-hmm. just an anointing for, you know, every marriage you go through mm-hmm. issues and you get tired and you get a little beat up or whatever. We want it to be the most refreshing time, encouraging time, and you just leave feeling better. But we have most people, I'd say about half the people who come to our marriage conferences are just, you know, they're married. They just want to doll it up. But a lot of people who come, they're they're working through some mm-hmm. big issues. A lot of people. Uh-huh. And we continue every time. You know, we send out a survey asking about the event. And I'm continually, not surprised, but just in awe of what God does. Absolutely. People say, uh, we've been separated for two years and we're coming. We yep. signed the papers right before we got here. My husband, I had to drag him in and he was kicking and screaming by the end of it. He was so connected with you and uh, was ministered to so much. So it's really fun for us to be able to set an atmosphere and to uh, be able to communicate with all of you guys because we know if you come to the conference, God's going to speak to you and change your marriage. Yeah, well, absolutely. And, you know, and you may be struggling in your marriage, man or woman, but if you're a man, Mm -hmm. I want to encourage you to be the initiator and to say to your wife, we're going to this conference. Mm -hmm. I've already made the plans and maybe make a weekend out of it, a very, you know, romantic weekend. If you're a woman, I would go to your husband and very sweetly say to him, I know what I want for Valentine's. Yeah. Don't want any jewelry. I don't want any anything like that. I want to go to the XO Marriage Conference. And then I want jewelry after that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We know you want jewelry. But, but just say to your husband, say very directly, yeah. this is what I want. Okay. And But it's going to be, it, it, you know, and I say this, and it's really true. In our society today, many people prepare more for the wedding than the marriage. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's, it, we have a very superficial culture yeah. of, and, and we just don't think about the deeper things or invest beyond the wedding. And so for Valentine's Day and things like that, go out to dinner and have a, a great time. But what better, and that'll bless you for a mm-hmm. few days. But you come to this marriage conference, it'll bless you for the rest of the year and the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. It's an investment in your marriage that will pay off from now on. Speaking yeah. of, Paris Hilton just got engaged. Oh, she 20 did. 20 carat diamond ring. Wow. There you go. She also just came out with a water that you spray on your face, and it's called uh, unicorn glitter. Uh-oh. That's the name of it. So <laughs> she's went, doing big things. This went really shallow all yes. of a sudden. <laughs> We're very no, relevant at XO, we know. Yeah. Going back to uh, what you're saying about focusing on the engagement, the wedding, those are all mm-hmm. big deals. But people don't learn anything about how to get past those sure. points in their in their relationship. Well, a wedding lasts three or four hours. A great wedding, the reception, everything, three or four hours. Your marriage is supposed to last the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And I have a jeweler friend. You know who I'm talking about, Brent. Here in DFW, he sells jewelry, literally million-dollar pieces of jewelry to the rich and famous all over the world. And he said to me one day, he said, Jimmy, I have three clients right now that are all spending over a million dollars on their weddings. And I don't believe that any of them will have a marriage that lasts more than 90 days. Mm -hmm. Just so superficial. In other words, you know, we we obsess over jewelry or we obsess over things or events. But it's your everyday life. It's the ability to resolve conflict. It's the ability to communicate the things that are going to be teaching at the conference. And our conferences are real life. Mm -hmm. We're we're teaching out of your life. 
But Karen and I, I know Britain, Britain, Stephanie too, and our daughter Julie and her husband Corey and whatever. We have great marriages because we work at it. Yeah. Because it's important mm-hmm. to us. It's what we focus on. I would take a, a good marriage over more money. Because, mm-hmm. you know, what difference does it make if you bring home a big paycheck? You're miserable. Mm-hmm. Does that fix it? You're, you're never happier than you are with your marriage. Mm-hmm. If, you're so miser- if you're miserable in your marriage, you're just miserable. Mm-hmm. But when you have a happy marriage, so you make less. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're, you're not, you know, in society maybe at the level that you want to be. Uh, knowing God and having a good family mm-hmm. is everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's everything. happiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Well, I just wanted to mention one thing is that this is actually a new format this year for the conference. We're starting first thing Friday morning with you. Yep. Yeah. You typically start on the, on the mm-hmm. evening. Right. But the conference starts Friday morning. So if yep. you're thinking about coming, please don't miss mm-hmm. Friday day sessions because yeah. that's a big part. It'll be Craig Rochelle and me on Friday morning. Mm-hmm. And Tim that. Ross. Craig's mm-hmm. fantastic. And Craig and Demros. Yeah, yep, mm-hmm. the, those three will be on Friday morning. It's a that's a big deal. What I also love is that every conference closes with a vow renewal ceremony. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. powerful. So powerful. Very special. Yeah. 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 So what that means, you know, we have had someone show up in a wedding dress before for the vow renewal because yeah, it's a well-known thing that we do. That's not necessary, uh, but it's mm-hmm. so special to see. So in South Lake, we've got four thousand uh, people there. So two thousand couples turning to each other yeah. and repeating their vows again uh, is so yeah. significant. A lot of times when you get married. When you get married on, into your wedding and you say your vows, you're nervous. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times you really don't understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But this is different. This is when you say these vows at the end of the marriage conference, mm-hmm. they're meaningful. Mm-hmm. And the Lord really, and, and what we're praying when we do those marriage vows is literally as God connects you again. Mm-hmm. Not that you ever got disconnected, but maybe mm-hmm. you're not as close as you should be. Yeah. Or maybe you've forgotten the vows. Mm-hmm. You know, that you made the vows, but you just... You know, you, you just don't remember it. it. Every year we do it again mm-hmm. to remember again. These are our vows. Mm-hmm. We're making this commitment to each other again. Mm-hmm. It's super special. And we'll be I doing Facebook it. Live interviews with all of our guests. So please check out the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. February 9th and 10th, we'll be doing that as well. Uh, so we're talking about also New Year's resolutions. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. Any New Year's resolutions that anybody in this room has ever kept? <laughs> Longer than 30 days. I bet your dad has kept well, it. So you are a very faithful, uh, steadfast, you know. 40% of Americans make New Year's resolutions. Only 8% of them actually keep those resolutions. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not a, I know that it's a good thing to make a New Year's resolution. I, I want to be a person that lives my life in a manner that I don't have to make a lot of New Year's resolutions. Because, you know, it's fine to make them. But I want to I want to live my life every day the way that I should. It's so good. And if you're, in other words, if if all year long you're kind of falling apart, mm-hmm. and then you get to the first of the year and you're mm-hmm. trying to get it back together, there's something wrong with the whole year, not not one day. Mm-hmm. It's a lifestyle. Yeah, yeah it's it's life, exactly. And so yeah, you know, like yesterday when I woke up and I was praying and read my Bible and things like that, I was kind of thinking about the year. But you know. I mean, I like to lose a little weight, but I'm, I'm, my, I'm, my big weight loss plan is to call the rapture. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm getting a new body here pretty quick. But um, I, I just, I, New Year's resolutions are great, but Jesus said in Matthew 5, perform your oaths to the Lord. That's so and bad. so it's not a self-promise that I'm making. It's a God promise that's saying, Lord, give me the grace to change the things that I need to change, but, I, but I'm living to please you. And I think... When you make a, an oath to the Lord and when you take something to the Lord, you're not just making a New Year's resolution. You're making a partnership with God mm. to be the person that you need to be because 
The Holy Spirit gives us mental grace. Jesus mm-hmm. said he'll lead you into all truth. He gives us emotional grace, mm-hmm. love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. He gives us physical grace. Romans 8 says, if the same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he'll give life to your mortal body. Yeah. And he gives us spiritual grace. Acts 1.8 says, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So I just think that resolutions are, are best made to the Lord mm-hmm. in saying to the Lord, Lord, I can only do this with your mm-hmm. grace. Mm-hmm. And the good thing about grace is it's free. Mm-hmm. All I have to do is ask. But what, what the prayer that the Lord loves is, I need you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't need more willpower. I need more of his power. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason that New Year's resolutions fail so often is we're making them with the best of intentions, but we're doing it in our own power. That's mm-hmm. so good. And I've lived long enough to know that my willpower just can't hack it. Mm-hmm. But by the but I can do everything by his power. Yeah, that's it's good. so good. That's really good. Well, if you are, as a couple, going to make some resolutions for this mm-hmm. year, keep it simple. Make I would say an exo conference. Attend one exo conference yeah. this year is a great Invest resolution. Invest in your marriage. That's Invest a good in your marriage. Yeah. Uh, go to exomarriage.com <laughs> if you want more information on how to attend live at Southlake or one of our many Simulcast mm-hmm. locations. Over 300 right now. That's right. Yeah. So check those out. They're all listed there on the website. Also, if you're a pastor, as uh, my dad Jimmy mentioned, if you're a pastor or church leader, mm-hmm. you want to bring this to your church, we also have information on exomarriage.com. We want to help you make it the best event possible. Yep. On how Be to easy. Do it. That's right. And so for resolutions' sake, too, our friends at Datebox make this thing called date night very easy. And we believe date nights should be a regular habit in your marriage. And so if you're thinking about investing in your marriage, think about Datebox. Go to getdatebox.com, use the promo code XOPODCAST, and you get your first month for free. I have signed up. My wife and I got our first box in December, and we went through it. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, it gives you a reason to talk and yeah. to communicate. It's a great idea. Spend time together. It's a great idea. It's also very Instagrammable. Which Very. is the second, you know, most important thing. So. <laughs> it is. But I've had couples from in their 20s all the way up until their 60s uh, use the, the material the Datebox sends out and they get something from it yeah. because it just does add something new. It, mm-hmm. it gives you a, another way to celebrate each other and to do something together. So please check out the team at Datebox at getdatebox.com. Yeah. Use the promo code Podcast. We'll be right back. This is a clip from John Gray. He's one of our good friends. I love it. Jesus was minding his own business, invited to the wedding. By the way, if you didn't invite Jesus to the wedding, you can invite him again today. He doesn't crash the party. He has to be invited. If there are areas of your marriage, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. If there are areas of your marriage that are dry, invite him in. Because he can turn the water into wine. When Jesus said, this is the new covenant in my blood, it was wine that he lifted up. And he said, I won't drink this again until I drink it anew with you and my father's kingdom. And so wine is a sacred drink. It is a covenant drink. And so what Jesus was establishing at the very beginning of his earthly ministry is that he is all about covenant. And let me tell you something, your marriage is an unbreakable bond. If your spouse is next to you, grab their hand right now, put it up in the air, wave it like you just don't care. Just kidding. Don't, just kidding. Just, yeah, wave it like you just don't care. 
while you're doing that. I'm speaking life over your marriage right now. A renewed passion, a rekindled fire, that flame, that thing that you haven't had, those butterflies that you had when y'all were getting married and you were fidgeting with your dress and you're trying to put the dress on. They were zipping it up in the back and they put the bobby pins in your hair. And then we were sitting there and we were sucking in our stomach to put on our cummerbund and we were nervous. May God bring that, that passion back. Welcome back to the Exo Podcast. This is all brought to you by Marriage Today, and the CEO and founder of Marriage Today, Jimmy Evans, is here with us on the podcast. Good to be here. You are headlining the Exo Conference coming up February 9th and 10th at Gateway Church in South Lake, Texas. We were just discussing this in the previous segment with Ashley Greenwood. You have, you're working on all new sessions. All my sessions will be brand new. But you want to talk about one of them right now, which is Servant Rules. Rules. You know, well... One of the things that I pray for our conferences is I don't, I don't want them to just be good. I want them to be anointed. Uh, I don't want them to be in information. I want them to be revelation. Um, I want everyone that comes to be able to hear. And we've got terrific speakers this year. But in my sessions, I really pray. And I've been, I've been off in December praying and, and studying. And the Lord just, you know, I pray for inspiration. The Lord just, you know, give me messages. And he has. One of the messages, the new messages that I, I'm going to bring at the conference this year is called Servant Rules. Now, it's a play on words, but literally I'm going to talk about the how, how the only way marriage works is when two people serve each other. Mm-hmm. We, if we could meet our own needs, we wouldn't get married. Mm-hmm. But when we get married, we are uh, dependent. Uh, we're at the mercy of our spouse. If our spouse is not a servant, we're dead. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're all selfish to some degree. But God designed marriage in his image. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read some scriptures, and I, I promise that will blow you away. I, I'm going to read a scripture at the, at the conference on, fr- on Friday night that I guarantee you no one's ever, you've read it, but you've never read it. And it's about the nature of God in eternity, mm. not, not here. But in eternity, our, our God is a servant. He, he just, all day long, the Father is serving us. Jesus is serving us. The Holy Spirit is serving us. We don't think about that. But it says Jesus ever lives to make intercession for us. Jesus said, your Father already knows everything you need when you pray, so go ahead and pray. The Holy Spirit's going to come, and he's going to be with you forever, and he's going to lead you into all truth. He's going to give you physical grace. He's going to give you power. See, he's serving us all the time. He expects us to be serving all the time. And you're happiest when you're serving, and it's the only way marriage works. But I'm going to talk about the the five rules for serving because even sometimes when we're serving, we're not serving effectively. But I'm going to talk about the the five, uh, you know, uh, rules or disciplines of serving everything in marriage where it's win-win. Every good marriage is a win-win deal. It's not where the man's happy or the woman's happy. It's where you're both happy. And you both understand what is required every day in a practical way to serve each other until you have all met needs. You have the marriage that you want to have. And I also have two other. I'm doing one on communication that's called Understanding Communication. And it's, and it's talking about understanding how to communicate, but it's also talking about 
communicating in a way that your spouse can understand it. Because we just don't speak the same language. I'm sure if you're married, you you got in that memo by now. But I'll say something to mom. Of course, this is my son. So I'll say something to mom. And I've been married 44 years, so you think I'd get it by now, and I do. But what I realize is it doesn't matter what I'm saying. It just doesn't matter. It matters what she hears. Mm-hmm. And if I can say exactly what I think, to me, I'm just a genius. You know, this is this is what I mean to say. I'm I'm articulate, and I said it. And she's looking at me like, what? So you, it doesn't matter if you're communicating to satisfy you. It's it's like going. I was talking one day about Grandpa, one of our relatives. He thinks it's a Grandpa. It's not one of our relatives. It's my grandfather, <laughs> your father-in-law. <laughs> but he thinks. If he speaks Spanish, he thinks if he speaks English with a Spanish accent, he's speaking Spanish. <laughs> so, he, so we're just saying, but you, they don't understand you. You don't get it. So, so sometimes we think we're communicating because, you know, but we're, it's just not hitting the mark. So I'm going to talk about how both of us can speak in a manner that we can be heard. And that, that we ratchet down all the tension. Because you really do get tense when you're not able to communicate. You know, commu- you have to communicate every day mm-hmm. about money, about kids, about conflict resolution, about needs, about all those things. And when you're having a problem conf- with uh, communication, boy, I tell you, it's a, it's a big deal. Well, Marriage Day was built upon uh, one of the most powerful things about the ministry. And what was built upon was your testimony. Yeah. And I wasn't even born yet. Thanks for leaving me out almost of life. Um, <laughs> but there was a night that uh, you yep. and Mama was split up, and it was yep. it was a terrible moment. You got married. Classically, you always say that you were a jerk. Yep. Uh, take take me back, because since I wasn't there, tell our audience really what was uh, the the catalyst that brought y'all from a point of pain into a, a new season for your marriage. Well, I got saved a week before we got married. Mom told me she wouldn't marry me because I was bad, and I was bad. And I really didn't get saved because Mom told me that she wouldn't marry me. I just, sin had lied to me. I was at a place, and really, if Mom and I wouldn't have gotten married, I still would have served the Lord. Because, you know, I had done everything that, you know, life had told me to do to be happy. But it wasn't fulfilling. And I was popular, and... I was popular with girls and popular with my friends and popular in school. And I had any opportunity that I wanted wanted to have do anything I wanted to do. And and I did it. But, it, you know, I didn't feel better because of it. In fact, I felt worse because of it. And so when I got saved, it changed my life. I mean, I did love Jesus, and it changed my life. But uh, it didn't change our marriage because I was a chauvinist. I I just didn't think that women were as good as men, honestly. And I thought that mom's role in the marriage was to make me happy. I thought my role was for me to make me happy. You know, I just, it was pretty much about me. And I golfed a lot. Um, you know, I was working for Papa. And um, my other grandfather, Papa. One was Grandpa. One of our relatives. The, I was working for Papa. I was worked a lot because we had a new business, and then I golfed all the time. So, mom, you know she was a, she was great, but but she was hurt um, when she would complain to me. I would you know just bully her up verbally and make it her, her fault. 
it makes her feel bad. And well, that 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 work didn't work ever, but it you know lasted for a couple of years, but it got worse and worse. So I came home one night and I'd been golfing, and I, I knew she was going to confront me when I came in the door, and she did. And I told her to get out of the house. What specific words did she use? Was she? I don't remember. <laughs> Mom remembers. She remembers everything. Just you know, confrontive and frustrated, and uh, Julie, you know, or your sister was one maybe at that time. And um, she said, "I want you need to be home with me and Julie and blah blah blah." And um, I just thought, "No, you don't talk to a man like that. I'm tired of your lip." And if you don't want to make me happy and, you know, do your part in the marriage, just get out. And I told her to get out. Well, that morning I had read, I read the Bible every morning. I mean, I was a jerk, but I was a sanctified jerk. And, um, but I read the Bible that morning and it said, in John 16, when the Holy Spirit comes, he'll lead you into all truth. So I went into the living room. When I told mom to get out of the house, she ran in the bedroom crying. And I was in the living room. And, um, and I remember sitting there thinking, we, we, we're not going to make it. We're, we're not going to make it past tonight. It's this, there's no work. And, and we were fighting. Wor- our fights got worse. They're, they were growing in intensity because we weren't resolving anything. And mom was much closer to the Lord than I was. But I, I prayed that night in the living room, and I said, uh, Holy Spirit, Jesus said, when you came, that you would lead us into all truth. Teach me how to be a husband because I don't know. But you just told her to get out, so you were— Already missing her? You you were wanting things no, to no, change? No, 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 no. No, I'm very visionary, as you know. I mean, I live out here. And so I understood the, the consequences of what was happening that mm-hmm. night. And I realized for our children, you know, for uh, our future, for everything, that the world was changing that night. And I, the way I think is, I think all the way down and back. Okay. And so I was thinking long term. And, and I thought, you know, I don't know how to do this. If mom leaves and I get remarried, I don't know how to do this. I'm obviously not good at it. And when I prayed and said, Holy Spirit, teach me how to be a husband, it something fell off of my brain, my eyes, whatever it was. And I could see myself for the first time in truth because I thought I was Mr. Wonderful and she, you know, she was bad. She was the problem. I was convinced she was the problem. The instant after I prayed that prayer, I realized I was a jerk, that I was the problem, and mom was not the problem. Did you feel remorse at that point? I mean, were you feeling guilty for or convicted for the way you talked to her? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, what I knew was her leaving was not the solution. Um, Me changing was the solution. And, I mean, that was was a huge deal. I mean, it was a God deal. If, if If God would not have been a part of our marriage, we'd be divorced. If God would not have been a part of my life, I'd have been divorced eight times. I was a divorce waiting for a place to happen, honestly. Mm. Um, I could not have been married to a healthy woman because the only woman that would accommodate me would have been someone beaten down. Mm-hmm. And um, so, and as mom was uh, you know, g- getting to know the Lord more, she was getting healthier and healthier emotionally, which meant she was pushing back on my... Uh, you know, chauvinism more and more, which was a healthy thing. But uh, our marriage changed. I, I repented to mom that night and uh, for all the things I'd said and done. The next day I changed, you know, with the Lord's help. I changed. I changed the way I talked. I came home. I didn't play. I hung up my golf clothes for three years. 
I didn't play a round of golf for three years. So you went in the bedroom that night and you apologized, and I know that she was shocked to hear that you said you were sorry, right? That was part of the story that you yeah. you never really taken ownership. No, I'd, anytime there was a problem, it was mom's fault, mm-hmm. and that was my mo. Plus, that was the original sin of marriage. You know, Adam when Adam and Eve sinned, you know, God came up to Adam and he said, "Was well, that woman that you gave me?" Well, that's that was my theory, and um, no, that night everything changed. Mom was shocked, but very. Um, uh, pleased mm-hmm. and her demeanor toward me. Now, now the, the thing I would say to people though is we weren't in love the next day. We, we were numb. We, if, if people say, well, we're out of love. Yeah, I've been there, done that. Uh, we were out of love. We, we didn't have any good emotions in our marriage. We, we were numb. Uh, we had fought so much. Mom didn't trust me, mm-hmm. you know, because all, all that had happened. But the next day, I just lived that day and tr- did my best. And the next day, and the next day, and the next day. After a couple of weeks, two or three weeks, we had uh, good feelings for each other again. After two or three months, we were much more in love than we ever been, and we've never been back there. Mm-hmm. And um, so, but how did you how did you get yourself out of it? Was it just your time with God, your no. reliance upon Him? How did you get yourself out of the cycle of uh, reverting back to? that male chauvinist with the, with the, well, first of all, I would say again, I'm not strong enough to do anything. The reason that the Lord uses me in marriage is simply because if I can do it, anyone can do it. Mm -hmm. I am not the sharpest knife in the drawer. And I know that, but I need God. Um, mom and I have done everything that we've done by the grace of God. Mm -hmm. It is by the grace of God. And I don't, I don't uh, put myself out there as a role model of self-discipline. I am a role model, though, of what God will do with a yielded life. Mm -hmm. Because what I did was I yielded my life to God, and I I committed my life to the Lord. I committed my life to the Lord at 19 years old, and I got saved. I'm in it. And that that night, what I did was I said, Holy Spirit, I want you to teach me. Everything I teach is what the Holy Spirit's taught me. Because I've, I've never been to a seminary. I've never been to you know, any school to teach me these things. Mm-hmm. The Lord has taught me how to, how to do that. I'm, I'm just saying to any woman or man, um, when you yield yourself to him, he will heal your past. So this is what he did with mom. Mom needed healing from, we both needed healing from our past. He healed our past. He taught us how to relate to each other. Um, and so it's, it's all the Lord, really. Mm-hmm. Well, I think most people love to hear that because um, they feel like they're in the same place. Yeah. They're, they're either married yeah. to somebody like you or that you're that person that they don't know how to stop being that person. And yeah. a lot of people just don't know how to not be a jerk. They're, they're stuck in a position where when something happens, their immediate reaction based upon family history, maybe their father was the same way, mm-hmm. their grandfather was the same way, their papa and their grandpa. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> so to break that cycle, I think it's powerful. That's why people... Millions of people have watched y'all on TV and at conferences, uh, and they tune in because you give them hope that the the place that yeah. they're in, it doesn't have to be that way forever. Yeah. And you you do. I mean, I you didn't go to seminary, but your office was like a seminary. You read yeah. constantly. Um, I think you have a photographic memory because you peel off statistics and things so well. You always have. And then you became a pastor uh, yeah. after you were invited to come on staff at a church as a marriage counselor. Uh, yeah. You became the pastor of that church, Trinity Fellowship in Amarillo. And so not only were you gifted and yielded your life, as you said, 
in the area of marriage, but you also did it in the area of church leadership, pastoring, yeah. Yeah. and built the church up. And so uh, I remember two things growing up, the marriage side of you and the end times side of you. <laughs> I don't, I somehow I became the end times guy. If you start, and maybe those are associated. I'm not sure. If you start a search on Google, it goes Jimmy Evans, and then end times shows up pretty quickly because you have done some things. You brought revelation. You don't just bring it in marriage, mm. but you brought revelation in relation to eschatology and yeah. end time study yeah. that I feel like people, and they, what they tell me, um, and I'm saying this to prove a point, which is, you're not weird about stuff. You're real about stuff. Mm-hmm. And when, when you talk about marriage or you talk about end times, whatever it is you're talking about, um, you don't have to be sensational about it. You're just telling the plain truth like it is. Uh, I think people appreciate that. It's like Simon Cowell on um, American Idol. He used to tell it like it was. Yeah. And people didn't always like to hear what he had to say. But everybody in the audience goes, that's what I was exactly thinking. You know, when I got saved uh, at 19, I think Mom and I went to a bookstore or something and I saw I think it was Late Great Planet Earth Hal Lindsey's book but I picked it up and I didn't know anything about the end times I'd never heard of it before but it fascinated me so I read that book and I read another book I've read hundreds and hundreds of books on the end time plus every scripture in the Bible over and over I've always been fascinated by it but as a pastor I'd preach every couple of years or so on the end times and and people loved it what I love about the end times and what I love about teaching on marriage is you know uh, first of all, we live in crazy times, crazy, crazy times. And one-third of the Bible's prophecy. Mm-hmm. And most of that prophecy is about the end times. There's more prophecy in the Bible concerning the days we're living in than any time in human history. So obviously it's about something God wants us to know. But see, Jesus said, when you see these things begin to happen, the end times, look up, your redemption is drawing near. It's not a time to get depressed or discouraged. These are the most exciting times in the world to live if you understand what's going on. And the important thing about prophecy is it's empirical. It's provable. In other words, Israel is an example. The Bible prophesies that Israel would exist after two times of not existing. That happened in 1948. This is the 70th anniversary, Mm -hmm. 2018. Very significant. Jesus said Jerusalem would be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles were fulfilled. That was fulfilled in 1967. So we're seeing very sensational, important things happening. It's encouraging. Mm -hmm. Paul said, comfort each other with these words. Prophecy is so comforting when you do it properly. And so Jesus is coming. We're going to be with him and whatever. But as long as we're on this earth, there's two things that are important on this earth. Three, I believe, that are critical. Number one is God, our relationship with God. Number two is our family, marriage and family. Number three is church. And I've spent my entire adult life trying to help people know God, to be married and have a good family, and to build God's church. Mm-hmm. And I feel very good about that. I, I think that there's nothing more important. In times, it's just contextualizing the times that we're living in so we don't get overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. But... Um, it, uh, the marriage ministry that the Lord's given us is, is very exciting. And you're doing a great job with it. You're the president of marriage today. Go on. You're please the, please you're, keep going. You're the future of marriage today. So I know I'm partial. Just keep the paychecks coming. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bump me off. I know I'm partial, but you really are. Uh, you know, in terms of communicating on marriage, all this stuff, there's nobody else doing it like you do it. So um, I do want to, I want people to understand how special it is that you do have that anointing on your life and coming to an EXO conference or listening to you on the podcast, it changes people's lives. It, it changes their perspective because 
you mentioned it earlier, sometimes you're communicating something, people can't hear it. You communicate things in a way that people understand and, yeah. and, they, and they relate with. So we're going to watch a clip from you. Okay. And do you remember that fight? There was a fight you had where you were at Canyon Country Club golfing. And oh, Lord. You had that, a that hall, was a bad, I was dating, Mom. A hall rear end home. I was to, dating. that. We weren't even married. Right. That was a bad day at Black Rock. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> that and you, uh, you rushed home. You were late. You didn't care that you were late. And she threw food on your face. Well, she food, threw meatloaf and mashed potatoes on me. And you said it was delicious. The part that hit your mouth. The part that hit my mouth was delicious. <laughs> All right. So we're going to watch this clip from Jimmy Evans. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back to answer some questions from Facebook. We'll see you then. I golfed a lot. I golfed all the time. I was in college, and Karen and I were dating. And Karen worked at a bank, and she lived in a little duplex. And she said, uh, Jimmy, would I, I want to fix you dinner. I want you to come over Friday night. And uh, I want you to come over at, at 7 o'clock on Friday night. I'm going to fix you dinner. And I said, great. That's, that's awesome. Great. So, and Karen's a great cook. And so uh, I was out golfing with my friends, and we were on a golf course about 30 miles from where Karen's house was. And I'm looking down at my watch. It was 6 o'clock. I told her I'd be there at 6 o'clock. So I look down at my watch, and it's 530, and we're on hole number 16. And I'm 30 miles away. Now, a smart person would have grabbed his golf clubs, ran to the car, and drove as fast as I could to her house. But I was not a smart person. So I finished golfing, and I drove to her house. And I was 45 minutes an hour late. And I walk in, and I can tell she's upset. And I'm just cocky, arrogant, you know, idiot. And I walk in, and she's cool, and her, the food she has in the oven, she's warming it up. And I walk in, and I'm just Mr. Cool, and I come in, you know, and she's mad. And finally, I turn to her, and I said, we sat down to eat. It was a beautiful meal, beautiful meal. Meatloaf, mashed potatoes, green, you know, everything. It's everything I love right there on the plate. And I sat down to eat, and I looked up at her, and I said, what's your problem? <laughs> the next thing I knew, I was wearing, wearing dinner. Okay, let me say this. Let me, let me say this. The part that hit my mouth was delicious. <laughs> she threw dinner on me. So she, boom, right in my face. So I had her blocked in in the driveway, and she had a little Volkswagen Beetle, a little red Volkswagen Beetle, and she got in her car and drove through the backyard, knocked the fence down, drove through a clothesline, drove all the way, and there was no alley. She drove through the neighbor's yard. <laughs> Sister was mad, to say the least. So Karen and I got married, damaged each other, so we've been there, done that, but we healed each other. God, God has used Karen to heal me more than any other person in my life, and I've done the same thing with Karen. We seek marriage for many reasons, but one of the most important is that we are all incomplete and unhealed, and we're seeking a spouse to fix that. We're incomplete and we're unhealed, and we're trying to find somebody to fix that. If we do it God's way, we end up in a beautiful marriage. If we don't, we drive each other crazy. Welcome back to the XO Podcast. Happy New Year, everybody. We are just starting off 2018 with a great new way. Jimmy Evans joining us. 
All right, so we've been talking about New Year's resolutions, and we did an interview with you in the previous uh, segments. Uh, today, we want to ask you some questions from Facebook. All right. If you're okay with that. I'm great. You haven't pre-read these, so I hope you can handle them off the fly. I can handle them. All right, so Roxanne posted this on Facebook. What do you do when you are married to a narcissist? Well, you know, there's narcissistic personality disorder. And um, I've counseled quite a few uh, women and men that their spouse had that. Um, the, the bad news is that narcissists rarely get help um, because, because in their world, they're the center of the universe and everybody else is the problem. And um, I would pray uh, and get people to pray with you. Uh, she needs a support group. Um, of people of faith that, that pray because God can change anything. A lot of times narcissistic people, not all the time, but uh, sometimes they come out of a life of deep pain. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways that they learned to cope early in life was to put themselves on the throne and build life around them. And so everyone else in their world is an accommodation to them because they learned to do that early in life. And so they're very immature, they're very deceived, their perspective is wrong. And so one is get a support group and pray. Pray that God would change their heart. Number two, be loving to them, but don't enable it. See, a narcissist, many times they don't date, they inter, they're interviewing you. They're, you're, not, you're dating in goodwill, just thinking, you know, hey, I'm looking for a husband. They're interviewing for a servant. They're, they're interviewing you to see if you will uh, accommodate their personality. And by not, I'm, you need to be sweet and godly, but don't let them disrespect you. Mm -hmm. Don't let them omit you from their lives and let them know I'm in this marriage and I'm going to be an equal part of this marriage. And so uh, any person that's married to a narcissist, to some degree, you're a part of the dance. And you've got to stop dancing. So do ultimatums help or hurt? I, I can't. It's not an ultimatum. It's just... We can demand respect. If a person comes up, you just shut up, stupid, say, no, don't talk to me like that. No, no, don't talk to me like that. I'm not going to respond to that. Threats, abuse, disrespect, all those, you're not going to get me. See, a lot of times what happens is an enabler will blame themselves. Well, I've, I've been really grouchy lately. Sorry. I, I know that I shouldn't have done that. The reason that you called me every name in the book is because I just, I should have learned to cook better. They'll they'll put it on themselves. That's sick. That mm -hmm. that's dysfunctional. You're, you're in the dance. Mm -hmm. You're the narcissist found someone that will accommodate them. So what uh, what you have to do is look at yourself. Go to counseling and say why would I marry a narcissist? See, because typically we marry according to our level of emotional health. I was a chauvinist. We talked about that in the previous segment. Mom accommodated that until the Lord began to heal her, and as the Lord began to heal her. She wouldn't accommodate anymore, and it shocked my world. It's like a teeter-totter. It always matches. Mm -hmm. So when you find a very dominant, narcissistic woman, she's going to find some sweet guy that puts up with it. When you find a narcissistic man, he's going to find some sweet girl that will put up with it. The problem is it doesn't work. And the longer you're married to it, the more devastated you feel by it. But you married it. Mm -hmm. Why did you marry it? What was it about you, low self-esteem and security, um, fear. What was it about you that told yourself that you couldn't do better than this? But now that you're married to it, don't divorce it. But um, pray for it. 
don't accommodate it, go get counseling for yourself and say to the counselor, this is what mom did. Mom and I fought all the time. And one day mom woke up and said, God fixed me. See, if, if you're focused on your spouse of, we need to be praying for him. But you say to the Lord, Lord, whatever it is in me that's broken, that, I, that is a part of this, fix me. What happens is when you change, the marriage changes. They may just be, I mean, I might just be 10% of the problem, but I'm 10% of the problem. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when we're praying, Lord, change my spouse, and the Lord doesn't do anything. What the Lord's saying is, no, let me change both of you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because if you think they're all the problem, you're deceived. Okay. You're in a dance, and both of you are dancing. But what mom did is, mom said, Lord, heal me. The Lord healed mom. Then there was a place for me to repent to. Mm-hmm. When I repented, mom wasn't here. Mom was here. So I would say to Roxanne, don't lose hope. Uh, pray. God can do anything. But don't accommodate it. Don't accommodate disrespect, abuse, uh, those types of things. Um, uh, dominance. It's very, very common for a narcissist to just dominate every part of the marriage. Insist on equality. Well, I have a follow-up question for you because you and I have a mutual friend that was married to a bi- somebody with bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. I've, I've actually known several people that were mm-hmm. married to somebody with, with a bipolar ten- tendency, both uh, a male and a female. So right. it's not just always one, right. one gender or the other. And their lives were in danger. Yes. This person, when they flipped the switch uh, from Jekyll to Hyde, uh, they turned into monsters. Uh, one situation I knew of a friend, his wife was in a car, just went ballistic, started trying to jerk the wheel yeah. off the road. Uh, they were driving on uh, a major interstate. And uh, he said, I fear for my life. Like yeah. My wife would just freak out. Um, and so I don't like to ever uh, allude that we would consider divorce as an option uh, but there are grounds for a divorce. And there's also, I yeah. think, um, safety measures you have to take whenever you're married to somebody with a major disorder. Mm-hmm. Uh, how would you coach somebody, advise somebody that's married to somebody that has a severe circumstance, which is more and more common yeah. with prescription medications mm-hmm. and everything? We all suffer in marriage. All of us suffer. And um, God gives us – and suffering just means – we are imperfect people. We say and do things that we shouldn't do and say. And so we suffer because we're married to imperfect people. Um, there's a difference between suffering and abuse because suffering means discomfort. Abuse means damage mm-hmm. or danger. And so when a person is uh, abusing you, what it means is either I'm in danger, physically I'm in danger, or I cannot be a healthy human being in your presence. I'm losing my mental capacity. I'm losing my phys- I'm sick. I'm losing my physical. I live in fear. I, li- I'm, I live depressed. And and it's because of you. Verbal, verbal, physical, mental abuse is all the same. I know people that were being mentally abused that were on the verge of death. They were literally so abused that they were on the verge of suicide. So it's not just physical abuse. Physical abuse is the easiest to register because you hit me. Okay, well, that's abuse. Um, Emotional and mental abuse can be unbelievably devastating. Mm -hmm. It's damage, not suffering. We all suffer, okay? and But it's it's damage. So you're talking about the the friend that we had that um, his wife uh, almost killed him. Mm -hmm. Um, You get out. 
and you don't ever put up with abuse, not for five seconds. It always gets worse. When a person threatens you, that's abuse. If a person says to you, you better do what I'm saying, I'm going to black your eyes, you get out right then. Don't, don't put up with it. Don't wait for it to happen. He said, well, do you divorce them? No. You go to a neutral place and you say in that neutral place, a friend's house, an apartment, or you make your spouse move out. Um, I love you. I'm not doing this anymore. You're going to go get help and you're going to demonstrate that you've changed. And once you've done both those things, then we'll start seeing if we have a future. And you say, well, what if they don't do anything? Then wait a year or two, not a month or two, and go on with your life. Okay. Because abuse is grounds for divorce. Mm -hmm. If a person is abusing you and they will not stop, according to 1 Corinthians 7, they will not live with you, is that you're free to go on. And so uh, abuse is a serious thing, and you don't mess around with it. Mm. Okay, Geneva asked, this is a good question. Uh, You've you've talked about boundaries with in-laws, but what happens if your in-laws are living with you? It, well, there's nothing wrong with in-laws living with you. It just has to do with their respect of your relationship. Um, it's challenging. Uh, we, you and I live two doors down from each other. Mm-hmm. We never had any problems because, you know, we never came to your house without an invitation. And, you know, we, we just had a good relationship. Um, if your in-laws are living with you, it's exactly the same as friends living with you. And that is they have to respect your sovereign relationship. They're not telling you what to do. They're not disrespecting your relationship. They're not taking up all your time and energy where you don't have time alone. And so there's nothing wrong. Uh, family's a blessing, and it's wonderful. Uh, when Mom and I moved uh, to Dallas, we lived with Granny and Grandpa. I remember that. For our relatives. For, uh, <laughs> Granny? Who's that? <laughs> but we, we lived with them for a year. Mm-hmm. It was great. And we got along great And they because they're very respectful. You know, they never... They've never caused me a problem. But um, it, it all has to do with attitude. But when it, it, listen, let me say this. It doesn't matter if they're living with you or not living with you. They, uh, in-laws can be a great blessing. But if they don't respect the sovereignty of your relationship, if they're manipulating, if they're intrusive, if they're disrespectful towards your spouse, it's going to cause big problems. So you just have to have loving parameters on them. And at the end of the day, if they can't abide by those, you have to ask them to leave. Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, those are uh, great responses to some good questions. Uh, if you have some questions for us uh, on the podcast, not every week. My dad will be here, the master of the answers. But we have guests coming up, David Ashley Willis next week. And Tim Ross will actually be on the podcast this month as well. But we're going to be answering questions on Facebook every week. Uh, we'll be posting uh, some posts that will be asking for those questions but be on the lookout for those. If you have some questions for us, you can always email us at podcast at Vision Retreat Journey is our resource that you have created to help couples have a vision retreat. I think for the new year, it's important for people to... Uh, you got to do it. You've got to do it. And if many of you who have done it, you know how, how transforming it is to your relationship. The Vision Retreat Journey walks you through every step you... I did the the you know video part, but you put it together. It's fantastic. It walks you literally through the entire process before, during, and after of having a vision retreat. But you know, Proverbs twenty nine eighteen says, uh, "Where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint." And what that means is, when you don't know where you're going, you can't people keep people together. And so, a couple, you should be going the same place. You know, the word division means two visions. 
You have one vision for the kids, I have another. You have one vision for the finances, I have another. You're going to fight like cats and dogs. But when you come together and you pray and talk, the Holy Spirit does this. It's like two eyeballs looking in the same direction with one brain. You're completely unified. You don't fight. When you have a vision retreat, in fact, when mom and I had our first vision retreat, the first thing we talked and prayed about is the thing we fought about. Mm -hmm. We didn't fight. We just because we had a vision and we both were committed to the same vision. So the vision retreat journey uh, resource is we created that to help every couple. You need to have a current vision. And when you begin to argue about stuff and fuss about stuff, it's just telling you you're not seeing eye to eye. The reason you're not seeing eye to eye is you don't have a vision. The answer isn't to fight. The answer is to pray and get God's vision for your marriage. That's good. This month we're having $10 off of our vision retreat journey all month long in January. So you can start your marriage off the right way in 2018. Go to com forward slash store. Check out the store on our site, marriagetoday.com, and you can see the vision retreat journey there. Again, it's $10 off this entire month of January. Hey, special thanks to Jimmy Evans. Good to be here. And Thank Ashley you. Greenwood in the first segment. Thank you. Yeah, it's been great. Enjoy Leading it. up to EXO Conference, it's going to be a big deal. EXO is going to be fantastic. We want you to be a part. As I mentioned, Dave and Ashley Willis will be here in studio next week. They're a great couple. They're also speaking at the conference. Last year, they were a huge hit. Did a great, great job. Great people. All right. Register now for the EXO Conference at exomarriage.com. Check out the feed. Subscribe to it. Tell your friends about it. And we'll see you next time. Yeah.